Sheree, would you put that verse up for me? So I want us to go to Matthew 11, 28 to 30. I'm going to read it from the message today, if I can see it. Father God, would you speak to us through your word today? Lord, it's not important where we're at. It's, Lord, what do you want to do in us? Because wherever we're at, you can reach us. So, Father, would you reach us this morning, I pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Father, I'm continuing the series as we've talked about the basic needs. We've talked about water. We've, we've spoke about, in that, I talked about the, the, the breath of God and the air that we need. And we've talked about having shelter and food. I want to talk today about rest. And next week, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as well. But it says this in Matthew 11, 28, 30 from the message. Are you tired, worn out? Burned out on religion. Let's just stop right there. Burned out on religion. Are you, let's change the word from religion. Are you burned out on political correctness? Are you burned out on life? Are you burned out on everything that's happening? Are you burned out in situations? Are you, just so we're clear what I'm talking about. Not just burned out on religion, because religion, wow, that can burn us out. Well, we're not about religion in this church. We're about relationships. So you burnt out on political correctness, health situation, are you burnt out on the family situation, in the whatever it is, are you tired, worn out, burned out, you put in, are you tired of the, the rat race, being on the wheel? Or you might be enjoying life. Awesome. It says this, come to me, this is Jesus' words. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. May God add his blessing unto his word. That passage is going to stay up there because I want you to, we, we as Pentecostals, believe it or not, as Pentecostals, we are Pentecostals here, we always want the, yeah, the, the big, woohoo, the dance like a chicken, sting like a bee kind of, you know, we're all very, and that's good. And we're Pentecostals because we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to outwork in our lives, in our situations. But we can actually learn some stuff by being quiet, by meditating. God's word says, meditate on me day and night. What does meditate mean? It's not a new age word, that. That's a Christian word. They've stole it. And it sounds all mysterious and mysteric or whatever the word I'm trying to say. But you know what I'm saying is it sounds mysterious. That's our word. Meditate. So it's going to be up there because I want you to meditate. As I speak, what's God saying through this scripture? We have some musicians in the house. Have we got any drummers in the house? I used to drum. And I've been told for many, many years, you're a drummer, you're not a musician. I know. But they're right. <laughs> so, when a drummer is playing, when they're playing the right beat, they're talking about getting into the groove. Now, have you ever heard a song where the drummer... We haven't got a live band, so you don't have to look at a drummer here. Or you've been in worship or done something. The drummer thinks it's all about him. And there's people laughing because they've seen it, they know. And the drummer, it doesn't matter what's happening on that piece of music, the drummer is going to be known. And they're playing too fast. I, I used to play in church. I, I played by default. And I'd get, the, I'd get the look over from the guy on the piano, on the keyboard. In the end, I just did my own thing. I never looked at him. But the songs were, we'd go race through this song or this one was too slow. My point is, is that in our lives, we've got to have rhythm. In a band, in a worship team, in a, in a piece of music, if, if the drummer is not leading the rhythm, you can throw the whole song. It can be too fast. It can be too slow. 
But when the drummer is playing right, and there's other musicians and other people that do have their part before you stone me later. But when the drummer is playing their part well, everybody else is led well. Same with the conductor. I know we can argue that. Same with the pianist. Same with the singer. But it's like our lives. We need to be consistent in the rhythms of grace. You can't be like I was when I, when I played drums in church. I hate this song, so I'm just going to get through it as fast as I can. Wouldn't look at Ben. And, I don't, and they've practiced for months and months. I couldn't get the riff, and I wasn't looking at Ben, so we are just getting through this song. But they'd say to me at the end, that song, could we just slow it down a bit? Could we enjoy it? I just want to get to the end. And other times, but that's not the same with us, with rhythms of grace, is that we have to have this consistent rhythm. Can't. And if we're going to see real rest, we have to understand the rhythms of grace in our life. The rhythms. The things that, what's the thing tomorrow that if you hear something really bad, what's the rhythm that's going to keep you consistent? Obviously, the rhythm is Jesus being central. But the problem is we hear things and our rhythms change, our graces change all over the place. See here, it says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So when tomorrow comes and the devil's trying to kick you when you're down, or just trying to kick you full stop because that's what he likes doing, What's the unforced rhythm of grace that stops you derailing? Stops you saying, oh, my whole life's over. I can't believe. Now things happen. Things happen to us. What's that unforced rhythm of grace that's a level thing in your life? I think Jesus teaches us some stuff here. And I'm going to try and unpack it. You see, in the, in the meaning of, of Matthew 11 here, is an invitation to take off the yoke. In other scriptures, it talks about the yoke. Now, if you remember what the yoke was, in the olden days, and still today, actually, not just the olden days, to see a field be ploughed, they would put this big wood oak, oak, yoke, got the look from Elizabeth, she kept me right there, this yoke, and they would put it onto the beast, no, one or a couple of beasts, maybe three beasts, to keep them straight. You think I'm going to bring a yoke out here and get some people in it, don't you? <laughs> Only if I had one. And so we think in this scripture, he's saying, I'm going to put a heavy yoke on you. But actually, Jesus is inviting us to a different yoke. He's saying, I'm not, I'm not wanting you to have this yoke that is heavy. I want to put a yoke on you that is light. That is bare, that the load is easy to bear. So when we look at this, and I talk about he's inviting us to a new yoke, it's not about he wants to control us. It's about he wants to guide us, he wants to lead us, he wants to. And his word says that you come to me, I'll make your load light. So when you go about your normal business, he's saying I'm giving you an unforced rhythm of grace here to face whatever you've got to face. Whatever the situation is, you might think it's way too big for you. But I'd give you something in an unforced rhythm of grace which allows you to have rest. Even when our life is crazy, we can still have rest. Do you understand me this morning? Not just rest from physical stuff, which we need, and I'll touch a little bit on that next week. But rest. Rest in Jesus. Rest in God. And if you can get the unforced rhythms of grace right with the, in the rest of Jesus, everything else falls into place. Because it doesn't matter if you're high or if you're low or whatever's going in, good or bad, the unforced rhythms of grace perform. I love this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. We think we know everything, don't we, at times. There's nothing else I can learn. Jesus is saying in 2023, you need to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That means, and this might bite me in the bum, I'm going to say it anyway, that you can say no to things in church. Not Adam Maurice, not what I've just asked you this morning. But you have, but to, to keep your 
unforced rhythm of grace, you have to say no. Sometimes you have to say yes, because that actually helps with your unforced rhythm of grace. So he says here, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover life. I'll show you how to take real rest. When he's inviting us to take his yoke, it's an invitation. My way is better. My understanding is better. But I want to make it light. So I've walked through some situations, walked some stuff with Jen. It's been heavy. But the moment I have let the yoke of Jesus be on my life and be in that situation, it's become light. How does that make sense? I don't know, because somewhere we've tapped into an unforced rhythm of grace in our lives. His yoke won't weigh you down. Even in difficult seasons, you can find rest and peace because you are yoked to him. not in your own strength it's in his strength Jesus in this passage is inviting us to something new I guess the question this morning is are you prepared to be yoked to Jesus and if you're not maybe you need to consider it and if you are are you yoked properly where the unforced rhythms of grace are coming through in your life and in your situation. So we see here, he tells us a few things. What we can do. First, he says, come to me, get away with me. We see many times in scripture that Jesus had to withdraw. Now, if Jesus has to withdraw, how much more do we have to withdraw? Get away from it all. It's okay if you are in a family to have an hour or two hours to yourself. It says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. So Jesus spent a lot of time retreating away. So he'd do some big ministry, and he'd go. He heard about somebody dying, and he would pull himself away so he could grieve, so he could be restored and be re-energized by God. So come to me, get away with me. How good are you are? Uh, how good are you at retreating? I'm not talking about pushing people away. That's a whole different subject. I'm talking about giving yourself the place for an unforced rhythm of grace to work through. It's okay to sometimes have some time to yourself. In fact, it's good for you. And it's certainly okay to go and spend time with Jesus. If you are serious about seeing unforced rhythms of grace in your life, your intimacy with Jesus is important. And as much as this is great, and I love fellowship and coming together, and we grow together, and we learn together, and we do life together, there's something special about sitting at the feet of Jesus. Because he wants to reveal his heart to you. He wants to speak to you. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Sometimes I've retreated in the Lord, and I've just been lost in the Lord. And it doesn't matter what's happening in my life. It's like, wow, this is the most important place I need to be. And I can look at my desk and I can look at my phone. I can look at the things pushing and the things that need to be signed and things that need to be done and things that need to be agreed. And I've got to work this out for church. Go, the more that I sit at Jesus' feet, the more this unforced rhythm of grace keeps coming through. The more that we sit at Jesus' feet, are you hearing me this morning? The more the unforced rhythms of grace will come through in your life. Maybe this week you need to reschedule some stuff so you can sit at the feet of Jesus. He goes on to say this, walk with me. 
Now, I imagine a walk with Jesus. This is what I get in my head. I'm a bit of a picture man. It's not about getting up all the flipping mountains. I know some of you love to walk in here and I see some of the pictures and I'm like, wow, you nut jobs. <laughs> I, I, I'm seeing this picture. He says, come and have a walk with me. Babe, would you come and help me? That'd be you. I've only got one babe in this room. <laughs> so, me and Jen have got this thing. So we have this thing. Not that I've, we have. I'm just reminding her. We, no, we have. We have. We have. Right? So I'm, I'm six foot five. I've got long legs. But I, I just like to take a nice pace walk, you know. Have a look like what's going on and all this sort of stuff. If me and Jen ever go out, this is what we're like. This is, and this is no thing. Right? Where are you going? All right. Go on then. But she's like this. And I'm like, babe, babe. And she keeps, keep, keep walking. And she walks at 100 miles an hour. I'm like, in my own little world. She's power walking. She's got to sort the kids out. She's got to. And my understanding when I see this picture is, walk with me. So this is what I like doing with my wife. Walk slowly. Just, but my, my point is, is, is walking, is talking, is sharing, is not flipping power walking because I've got to lose 24 pounds or I've got to pick, but just enjoying each other's company. It's going to kill me later. <laughs> I've seen that look. But just, just. Thank you, babe. But this is how I see it with Jesus. I love spending time with Jen. I don't love doing the power walking stuff. And I've got a little theory on why she does power walking, because she's always flipping late to stuff. But that's another thing. <laughs> we were in bed just the other day, and she, I said, are we going to be on time for this? She said, I am not bothered. I said, I am. Lost me unforced rhythm of grace. I said, I am bothered. She ain't. So we're going to be late. But I see this where Jesus says, come to me, get away with me. That he wants to walk with us. You know when you go for a walk with a friend and it's not about the hike, it's about the friend. How many times have you had that special conversation? How many times have you, this is precious. And part of getting this unforced rhythm of grace, Jesus says, walk with me. Just walk with me. Talk with me. Share with me. There's nothing that's going on in your situation or your life that I don't know about. You've got some friends, aren't they? They want to take you for a walk. You know you're in trouble. <laughs> I've had some spiritual people and fathers speaking to my life. Can we go for a walk? I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> but I'm talking about here that just walking, being intimate, sharing heart and heart. Actually, I joke about being told off. Jesus saying, let me walk with you because I want to tell you some stuff. I want to correct some stuff. But I, but I am gentle here. I'm not wanting to put you in a headlock. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's convene over this. Maybe one of the things of understanding a, an unforced rhythm of grace is, is learning to walk with him. Not just coming to me, but walking with him. In fact, there's an old song. Um, hopefully, I've put a note here that I've got it right. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I'm his home. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. As old-fashioned as that song is, there's something powerful in those words. This is what he's saying when he's saying, walk with me. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. Maybe you need to hear this morning that you are his. You're his own. 
and the joy we share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. There's something special when you walk with somebody and you convene and you talk and you share. And Jesus is saying, you're my own. It's precious. I want to walk with you. So if you go on the beach, if you go on the, physically take Jesus with you. He's always going to be with you. But we need to shift our mindset that actually Jesus is physically walking with me. Because he is. If we had that understanding, I honestly believe as well that we would live life differently. If we realized Jesus was right here with us. Well, he is. He's right here, here with us. So when we do some of the things or say some of the things or have the attitudes that we have, Jesus is right there. Now, if he was physically in the room, would you do it? Probably not. But he is. He's right there. He's walking with you. He wants to convene with you. He wants to show you this unforced rhythm of grace. He goes on to write this. He says this. If I can, my printer's playing up, so I'm working off my phone. Bear with me. He goes on to say, walk with me. Uh, sorry, work with me. What does work with me mean? You see, we spend our life fighting sometimes against what God wants to do in our lives. Pastor, God, Jesus is not speaking to me. Yes, he's already spoke. Go back to that. Yeah, but I don't like that. Doesn't matter if you like it or not. That's where you need to go back to. Pastor, God never speaks to me. There's, there's people in this church that always seem to God speak. When did you walk with him? When did you come to him? When did you withdraw to him? Because in those times, he's going to start speaking to you. He says, work with me. So by through the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants to work through you. But we say, no, Nathan Weaver knows best, so I'm going to get into this situation because I know best. And every time Nathan Weaver gets in there, he messes it up. And you can put your name in there. He gives us skills. He gives us understanding. I believe that. But he's saying, work with me. What does he mean by work with me? Is that I believe that in the situations that we pray for, in the situations that we're looking for, for change, or whatever they may be, that we call on God, which is important, and call on Jesus, but there's a part that we have got to play. But sometimes what we do is we just give stuff over to God, say, this is the situation, this is the problem, this is where I'm at. And God say, no, work with me. Partner with me. Sometimes we don't see things of God happen because we haven't done our part. I don't understand, Pastor, why God's not talking to me. I, I, I'm trying to meet with him every morning. Yeah, but what did you watch last night? That's going to knock the unforced rhythm of grace. To stop you hearing from him. He says, work with me. I'm not going to work for you, but work with me. Sometimes we fight against what he's asking us to do. We work in our own strength and understanding. And God's saying, actually, my ways, my understanding are better. Just work with me. Don't fight me. Don't try and twist the word for you. Just, just work with me. Work with the Holy Spirit. Allow me access to everything. Sometimes we'd say, God, you can have this, but you can't have that. He's saying, no, I'll just work with me. Let me do what I can do. Not just what you can do. Let me partner with you. Whatever the situation, the high or the low, do everything you can and then stand on God. But make sure, before you're questioning, before you're upset, before you're not sure why God's not, that you've done everything you possibly can to move that forward. So he's saying, walk with me, work with me. 
He goes on to say, watch how I do it. I am a rubbish, rubbish learner. I learn, let me quantify that before you come and tell me later, Pastor, don't put that on yourself. You are a good learner. You just learn in a different way. I know. My point is, when it comes to educational books, I'm not that kind of learner. It's interesting. I went to Bible college and it changed me. But I learn from watching, from doing, from... And God is saying here, Jesus is saying here, not only come to me, get away with me, walk with me, work with me, but watch how I do it. There's something about watching Jesus in the way that he does it. You see... When things happen in church or in your life, sometimes we spend our life chasing after people. We see in the Bible that God walked, uh, Jesus walked away from people. He was very clear. He was very to the point to some people. And if they didn't respond, he just said, okay, I've just got to let you do what you do. Watched him. They have a thing in schools where if you go into primary school, if they want the kids' attention, one, two, three, eyes on me. And if you hear the teacher saying, one, two, three, eyes on me, you know your eyes have got to be on that teacher. Now, why are they doing that? Because they want them to watch. They want them to learn. I say to my boys all the time, you can play in this area or wherever, make sure you have got your eyes on mummy or daddy. Anywhere in this field, anywhere in here, anywhere, just make sure you are watching mummy and daddy. Why? Because there's a safety thing in where we keep our eyes. I want to protect my boys, but I want to say this to you as well. The Heavenly Father is saying, keep your eyes on him. Because if you keep your eyes on him, the unforced rhythms of grace will come through into your situation. You see, we get into some situations because we've taken our eyes off him. There's something powerful and beautiful about looking in the eyes of Jesus. You can learn, but there's a protection there. And if you want to be protected in the things that you do and go about, keep your eyes on Jesus. Your marriage is going to be a fair proof if you keep your eyes on Jesus. You're not going to nick that money from wherever if you keep your eyes upon Jesus. Learn so much from looking at Jesus. In fact, we can go to God and ask his hand to do stuff and he wants to bless us. But I want to put this out there today is, is that in this come to me, get away, walk with me, work with me, watch how we do it. Maybe we just have to say, Lord, just, are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? He's saying, come to me, walk with me, keep your eyes on me. That old song, isn't there, that comes out at Easter. A little boy is going and they see seeing Jesus getting crucified. Daddy, daddy, what do I do? Keep your eyes on the Lamb. Keeping our eyes keeps our heart good. Because what goes through our eyes gets filtered into our heart. And past our heart gets filtered into the soul man and woman of who you really are. And if it's deep in there, what's going to come out? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Because one, there's something beautiful about it. But two, it keeps you from trouble, keeping your eyes on Jesus. But there's something about if you have your eyes on Jesus, not just seeking his hand, but seeking his face. Something beautiful. I look into Jen's eyes, there's something beautiful that's past just the physical body. You look into somebody's eyes, you really see what's going on in their soul. You know, when you look in somebody's eyes and you say, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. And you know. See, 
windows, the eyes are the windows to the soul. So he says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. No, no, a lot from watching. Sometimes we just get in the habit of somebody's doing something and we fear we don't need to learn this or we need to put something into it. We just need to sometimes just shut up and listen. It doesn't matter who you are, what your age is, what your preference is, what you... Just shut up. Watch, learn, repeat, meditate. Sometimes I'm in the habit of somebody's teaching me something and I think I know better and I'm... Hey, just shut up and watch. This person is here for a reason. I didn't learn, I didn't get told to tithe. I watched it. I didn't get told to serve. I watched it. It was modelled by my parents. It was modelled by people around me. That if we're constantly watching people, we're going to learn something. But I want to put this challenge out here as well, that we're always being watched. We are always being watched. Being watched by people in the church. Being watched by people in the worlds that we get to influence. There's an old cafe advert, isn't there? I think it's Nescaf. Actions speak louder than our words. Don't tell me you're a Christian. Show me you're a Christian. So we're being watched. The relationships we have. The way that we live. The way that there might be a perception of evil somewhere. And we, we've got to be careful because that could knock out somebody else on fourth rhythm of grace. You might say, well, it's not their business to know. Just got to be wise. If you've got a problem with alcohol, the worst place you can go for a birthday party is to the pub. If you've got a problem with women or men, watching stuff you shouldn't be watching the worst place that you can go is on your own with your screen with nobody having accountability because the devil is, is, is a crafty 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 lighter because he uses the things that tempt us the most he's not going to use a thing that you're not tempted in He's not going to use a thing where, you, where you've walked a journey and you might be free from. He's always going to keep putting it in your face. But the beauty is, when he puts it in your face, because of Jesus, you can tell him to get lost. Jog on. That's what he says. Okay, jog on. <laughs> but learning these things helps us learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Got to be careful what we do. Because people are watching all the time. Watching all the time. Are you still with me this morning? That's good because I forgot my password. So just <laughs> mull over what I've just said there for a second. Our actions have the potential to affect other people's unforced rhythms of grace. They might not understand what they've seen. They might have got it all wrong, but we have to live in a place above approach. Wow. So here we go. Come to me, get away with me. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. You'll take and you'll receive real rest. You'll learn the unforced rhythms of grace. This is the Jesus that we serve. If you take the invitation to have his yoke on you, I won't lay anything heavy or fitting on you. That's his promise. And he said, if you take this invitation of my yoke to be placed on you, 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. There's something powerful in that. Because he's saying, whatever comes your way, you can handle it. Is it going to be tough? Jesus doesn't say, come to me and everything's going to be a bed of roses. But he says, I'll give you the unforced rhythms of grace to face this situation, to walk through this situation, whatever it may be. Heard this horrendous thing this week. And I want you to pray for this when you, you have a few moments. So we have a, Finley has a little friend called Harry who plays football with him. Harry's down here, he's like a little pit bull. He's down here, his mum, dad, five kids, and they had a baby two weeks ago called Nate. I got a phone call, uh, we, we saw a message on Facebook just the other day. Little Nate got poorly on Tuesday and he died. Why do I say it? Because those things of life come in and shock us. Somehow we've got to work through the unforced rhythms of grace. So how do we minister into that now? They're not, they're not a Christian family. But by walking with him, with talking with him, watching him, trying to abide with him, this is, I believe this has given me an opportunity to speak into the family. So the, the, the family, I've, we've treated the family well for years. As you do with people who are in your life. You, you've taken kids' places. You've, you've bought stuff for them. You've spoke at the school gate. You've done unforced rhythms of grace. So what do we do in a situation like this? Well, we can't shrink back from who we are and what we're called to in Jesus. See, the easiest thing for me to do was, oh, bless you. It's really tough. And it is, and I said those things. But I took the opportunity to say, I want you to know that Jen and myself have been praying for you right in this situation. It might not mean anything to you, but we're praying for strength for you, for healing for you. I don't know what to say, but what I'm trying to do is live in this unforced wisdom of grace that, that we can offer something into that situation. So yesterday, I'd sent messages. Yesterday, we'd been taking Harry back and forth to football and the kids remarkably still going to school. I, so the, the Saturday before, let me just give you the context. The Saturday before, I take Harry back from our house, take him back from football, see the dad, Terry, on the gate. All right, tell. Family all right? Nate good? Brilliant. Champion. Tuesday, we see this message. Everything's changed. So where am I getting to in this? Firstly, I want you to pray for them, Emma, Terry, and, and the family. But yesterday, I go to the gate, I take Harry, Harry again, I pick him up for football, and I, and I haven't seen them physically, I've messaged, I've spoke, I've, saw, I've seen the mum and the daughter, but I haven't seen the, the, the main mum and the, and I've seen her mum, if you like, makes sense. And I just think, about it, look, Terry, mate, I'm really sorry for your loss. We have been praying for you. Let me just pick up on that. Let me give you a little lesson there. When you're saying you're praying for somebody, do it. Do you know what I have to do when I say I'm praying for somebody? Gordon, I'm praying for you. I've got to do it. The moment I've either got to pray for Gordon now or I've got to do it the moment they walk out. Then I can only say, yeah, but, but then you've got to take it further. But don't just say to people, I'm praying for you, if you are not got any intention. In fact, Gordon's got a good thing. I'm praying for you, Gordon. What are you praying about? Uh, 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 uh. If I'm praying for him, I've got no problem telling him, other. So if we say we're going to pray for somebody, please pray. So I'm at the gate and I'm saying, Lord, I'm just about to pull up, Lord, what do I do here? Grace and love. And I say, Terry, I'm really sorry. We have been praying for you. He said, Nathan, can I ask you something? Anything you want. I said, anything you need, we'll do it. Would you take the baby service? I said, yeah, of course I would. But that's because we've lived in the young rhythms of grace. The way we've spoken to that family. The way we, what a privilege. Is it going to be hard? Yeah, it's going to be hard. But a non-Christian family turns and says, we don't know where to turn to. Would you, would you walk with us? This is becoming... Come to me, get away, recover, I'll give you rest. Work with me, watch me, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
if I'm not understanding some of the unforced rhythms of grace, I'm not sure I could have spoken to that situation. And it's the unforced rhythms of grace that are going to allow me to take that funeral, whenever that may be. But then it, the last bit, and I'm going to finish here, says very clearly, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Keep company with me. I've really got to get this printer sorted because this is doing my head in. What does it mean to keep company with him? Who is the company that you keep? What's the company that you keep? Do you keep good company? You're allowed to say, yes, Pastor, of course I do. So let me ask you this question. He says here, keep company with me. Who do you regularly keep company with? Are they a good rhythm of grace in your life? Who do you keep company? Think of the people. There's, there's massive amounts of people that come into your life. Good, bad, everything in between. Some you choose, some you don't choose. They're just there. They're in your life. Who do you regularly keep company with? Are they a good rhythm of grace in your life? Now, here's, here's the challenge, and this is what I'm going to throw out. If they're not, if they're not giving you energized, unforced rhythms of grace, you need to chalk your elbow out, and you need to give them the heave up. Pastor, that's so, how can we, if they are affecting your un forced rhythms of grace, you've got to say goodbye to that company. If it's affecting how you move forward in life, how you move forward in the situation, you've got to chalk them up and say, see you later. Hear me? I'll go back to, you've got to do everything you've got to do first in that situation if you can. But there's some people in your life who shouldn't be there because they are toxic. You've heard me speak about this balcony and basement people. Balcony people encourage you, energize you. Let the unforced rhythms of grace just flow in your life. Basement people don't want any of that. Basement people are ready to take you down. What is the company that you keep? Because it gives you unforced rhythms of grace. And there's nothing greater than being in the company of Jesus. You know when you feel alone? You're never alone. It's hard, because there is times we feel alone. We feel, but because of Jesus, you always have company. If we go back to if we're walking with Him, we realize He's actually in us, and He's He's there, right there. Keep company with me, and you learn to live freely and lightly. What's keeping company about? I want to talk. I want to do life. I want to eat with you. I want to joke with you. I want to go to that concert with you. I want to... Keeping company with Jesus is 24-7. Can't just switch off. Well, we've done church now. Tick. We are always keeping company with Jesus. Remember that in work. You're keeping the company of Jesus. Keep company with me. See where people say we should be communing or praying a lot more and a lot more. I'm trying to live my life that my life with Jesus is, is, is total full company. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Is that yes, I need to make time. Yes, I need to withdraw. But I have no problem going in the car, praying in the car. Talking to Jesus. I have no problem if I'm walking to town or the metro or to get my dinner, I'm talking to Jesus. I might be working in the building. There's some things that I don't understand that's going on. I'm saying, Jesus, Lord, would you show up here? I'm communing with him. I'm keeping company with him. In the crazy of situations, I find myself just talking to the Lord. Maybe you can experience and you know that too. Even when I did a bungee jump, I'm scared of heights. 100 foot, jumped off this thing. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what got into me. 
But I shouted as I jumped and I was still alive. Thank you, Jesus, I'm alive. You think I'm joking, but that's me keeping company with Jesus. I didn't jump off this thing. Yes, I know I picked to do it and all that. Never again. <laughs> but I, didn't, I did not swear. I did not blaspheme. I kept my company in Jesus. And you hear me on this video. I'm alive. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody thinks I'm nuts. But what company are you keeping? Because you can keep company with Jesus all the time. In fact, here's a question then. If we've talked about balcony and basement people, and I am going to finish very shortly. Whose company do you need to be keeping more in your life? Jesus, yeah? Absolutely, that's tick, that's the, I'd expect that. Like-minded people. Who else? And just, just ask yourself the question, who else do, do I need to keep company in my life? Who? Who? You don't have to shout out. Some people you might need to say cheerio to. And that's life. People come and go. But there's some people actually, I need to spend some more time with that person. That person's got something in that area, so I want to spend some time. In fact, actually, he's all right. I want to hang out with him. Who do you want to keep company with in your life? Sometimes you've got to get rid of the toxic people. Got to be with the like-minded people. Got to be with the balcony people. So maybe this week you need to think about who do I need to spend more company with? Yes, Jesus. Who else do I need to spend more company with? So they help me understand the unforced rhythms of grace. There's, there's some people, isn't there, you can be in their presence. Boy, you feel a million dollars, don't you? You know they know the Lord. They know you've been with the Lord. They, wow. There's other people you're just like, oh, get out. Don't know where to look. But that hour feels like seven hours. only been here 12 minutes. I, I had this experience at Kids Club on Thursday night. Miranda, bless her, is poorly and says at four o'clock, I'm not able to come, can you do it? Yeah, okay. So the adults came, I said, guys, we're in this, we're in this together. So let's, the kids come in at quarter to six. Is it quarter to six? Two minutes later, I thought that we'd been there 45 minutes. <laughs> Got to six o'clock. Like, you are kidding me. It's five past seven. No, Noah, it's not talk time. Six minutes past seven. No, Noah, it's not talk time. It's a 14 minutes past seven. We still got 45 minutes left. But we get, sometimes we get into people's company. It's like that, isn't it? It's draining. Time seems to take, and then you get into other people's presence and company. The time just flies. Oh, Rob singing. <laughs> Who do you want to keep good company with this week? Whose company do you need to keep? Sounds like we need to keep his company. <laughs> do you think the kids are finished? So now everything within me now wants to preach for another 20 minutes so Rob's not got any more material. I am going to finish. But who do you want to spend more company with? I'm going to end here. Hopefully you're catching my heart when it comes to rest. Jesus' rest. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on whatever it is? Come to me, get away with me and recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The invitation is to take Jesus' yoke upon yourself. So you'll make it light. Won't be easier, he just makes it light. Maybe this week you need to re-look at this verse and look what it means to learn the unforced rhythms of grace in your life. See, if you learn the unforced rhythms of grace, those rhythms are not up here. The rhythms of grace are just like this. To face whatever situation, good or bad, the highs and the lows. Would you stand for me? Before I pray, and at the end, I'm going to ask the leadership to just be dotted around the room. If you want to have prayer for having real rest and understanding the unforced rhythms of grace in your life, then the leadership team will pray for you for that. Maybe this morning, let me just come back to this bit. Maybe you're sick of life, the way that you're doing it. Maybe it's time you come to know Jesus. Walk with me properly. It starts by giving your life to him, saying, Lord Jesus, would you be my Lord and Savior? I've done everything my way. Now I turn it over to you. If you want to know Jesus, he wants to know you. Come and see me. Shri, would you put some music on there for me? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on whatever? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Ask the Holy Spirit, what's he saying to you right now?